0: You ready? Yeah, you know. Let's see how high we can make our voice.
1: <laughs>
0: so <laughs> it's only dogs. <laughs> yeah, you know, just
1: you know, define ready. I, you know, I don't really know. Do we ever really know what we're talking about? We no. can come in with a plan, but once the bullets start flying, the, the plan them. is all Don't lie. You know, so uh, what's new? <clears throat> I don't know. Is there, <laughs> there's nothing new under the sun, I read from Solomon. He
0: was a wise man. He
1: was, he was. uh, But you know, as we uh, are working through Ephesians and going through this all for one. Oh,
0: you're jumping right in there today. We're
1: gonna, uh, you know, you didn't bring up one calls the heart. I thought you would. So we're gonna just jump right in. But it's not too late. I'm sure our distractions will come later if they didn't come at the beginning. But as we're working through this series, the reason we call it All for One is that that very foundational picture, the the core reality of the entire book, that God is in the business of redemption and reconciliation and and all of the story of creation from from the beginning until the new heavens and new earth and revelation is the story of God and his people. And, And what we see here in Ephesians is that God is bringing all things together under his kingdom rule in christ so it's all in christ it's all for god for his glory under under this this great kingdom dynamic that governs the scriptures and governs the whole story and and now as we've been working through this we see that while all of creation is for the one god Mm -hmm. we're seeing also that that uh all of us now have been reconciled to God in Christ. The first three chapters are establishing that that everything is for Jesus, everything is through Jesus, it's all about Jesus. We're saved by grace through faith. And the faith, even, even the very faith itself is a gift from God. It's not from us. So there's no room for boasting because we're his workmanship. We are his sculpture, his poema, his his poem, his masterpiece. And so as God is sculpting us, and and it's important for us to recognize I think very often we see that in an individual lens and and I even as I'm saying and I think I am just Automatically, there's that clap that the game picks up on there, right? So, uh, you turn the it's game a, down, so, <laughs> so that's in it, so it's a snapping, but anyway. Uh, but I think I just inadvertently, accidentally default to thinking in terms of individual life that right. you know, I Which most of us do because we're selfish. Well, <laughs> and, and that's what we've been focused <laughs> right. on for 50 years, and, and and there's a place for that, and that's true, it's not untrue. Uh, God saves us individually, but he also he deals with his people both individually and corporately. Mm-hmm. And we see that from Genesis to Revelation, that there is a, a gospel for the individual, but the gospel is for the church. It's, right. it, 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 it is the church. I mean, in, the, in reality, apart from individuals getting saved, there is no church. And apart from the church, there is no individual getting saved. So we're, we're all in, it, in in the same one-body thing. And the emphasis that we see in Ephesians has to do with all of us. Every chapter has a reference to the church, whether it's saying it or alluding to it, uh, using some some metaphor to explain it. The idea of body life is part and parcel of the book of Ephesians. Mm -hmm. So we're saved by grace through faith, and all of this comes because... We individually and specifically together, that's going to be the emphasis that he makes uh, in here over and over again, that we together are the temple of God. We are individual stones being built into a spiritual house. And as we do that, we are all for one, for him. Now, as we're getting into chapter four, we're, we're seeing going forward how our lives are to be a harmony as well. So God has has reconciled us to himself in Christ, and now he's reconciling our conduct, our behavior, our our, our daily walk with who we are in Christ. And that's kind of the emphasis that he has here, which is why in, in the first verses we talked about last week, uh, Paul says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And that's kind of the, the topic statement for the rest of the book. Right. And and he says that couched in. It's not accidental. It's not like you just, oh, I didn't think you knew about it. He says, again, as a prisoner of the Lord, as someone who is suffering for Christ and suffering specifically unjustly. He, right. he's, he's been accused of things that were not true, and uh, which happens when people get upset. They, they accuse you of things that that uh, you did not do. And they come up with false evidence to back that up. And you have these uh, dog and pony show trials. And that's exactly what Paul went through. And they couldn't convict him, so they passed him on to the next guy. So they kept doing this. And now he's, uh, he, he's a prisoner for the sake of the gospel, having been unjustly uh, convicted. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, as somebody who's already in this, I urge you to live a life that fits, a life that makes sense with who you are. Mm. And I think that's something that we miss a lot of times as Christians. And, and I think the world misses even more when they look at Christians. They're, they're looking at us thinking, you know, it's a bunch of people with a set of rules, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. Or people you know, that good think they're people. better than everybody else. Right. And, and, and what Paul is saying is, man, do you remember who you were? Right. You were dead.
0: Remember and now you're you alive,
1: are. and you're alive because of, not because of, of uh, Mufasa, but because of Christ. You've been, you thought I missed your reference, didn't you? A <laughs> really l- 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 little bit of Rafiki in there. Oh. Uh, so, but you're alive because of what Christ did, because of this grace that you did not deserve, because you actually were guilty. Right. And dead in your sins. And Christ made you alive. Not because you were in any way worthy, but because right. God chose you. And he snatched you out of that that hell that, that you're going to and that you're going through. And in Christ, you've been made a new person. Therefore, live like it. Mm-hmm. Live like you're a new person. Live like you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. When, when you begin to see that, then... The way you live, the way you walk that out changes. And so the rest of the book, he goes through this whole picture of what does it look like then Mm -hmm. to be a Christ follower in good times, in bad times, in every time you are to reflect the reality of Christ in your daily walk.
0: You used, You've been
1: trying to get something in here for a while. Well,
0: that actually. was that moment has passed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you used an illustration. I don't know if it was this week; it might have been last week. Of the uh, the royal family, and how there are certain expectations for them uh, on how they are supposed to appear in public. Hmm. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure some of them we would find slightly ridiculous. But that I think that was a good illustration <clears throat> when you consider the fact that. As as sons and daughters of the king, we are royalty. Yeah. And when you think of royalty, I think I mean I'm not saying it from I'm not saying you should be puffed up, but when you think of royalty, your mind changes. Yeah. Uh, you think of It does, yeah. I mean and that's intentional. There's a certain I mean, there, expectation that yeah. comes with it to carry. There's yourself. a
1: gravity that comes right. to government right. when there is a, a particular dignity and majesty right. about it. Right. And so even here where we have specifically uh, by design eschewed that we, we don't want to, George Washington didn't want to have a king, right. and yet he still, still carried himself in a regal, magisterial right. way. Right. And and there's a reason for that. There's a reason when you go to Washington, D.C., you have the white marble columns and all these right. things, because that majesty, that... that um, I don't have a better word than dignity. I was trying to come up with something that I'm not repeating over and over again, but but the majesty and dignity of of the way it's packaged and the way people carry themselves, mm-hmm. that's what adds gravitas to it. This is one of the complaints, honestly, uh, not to get all political and controversial or whatever, because, you know, never do that. Um, but that was one of the complaints with Donald Trump, was this guy's not a statesman. He's a right. businessman. And there's really no denying that. Right. And so the, he, with the uh, appearance of indignity at times, that, that he would um, behave in ignominious ways, right? So... In his behavior, in his speech, in his comments, his, his tweets. he kind of you know diminished the office is what right. people said. Now, he didn't really diminish the office because the office was for use. Right. And so Trump was probably in some ways the most American of all. He came in, I don't care what y'all think of me. I'm going to do my job the way I see my job as being done. But the downside there is as a businessman, he did not come across as a statesman. President Obama, on the other hand, came across differently. And right. so people could look at it, and even if they disagreed with him on various things...
0: He seemed very presidential. He came across that way.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, Ronald Reagan right. was, to me, one of the great examples, probably the greatest example in my lifetime, of somebody who came across as relatable, right. but also never... Lost the dignity of, of of who he was. Carried right. himself with that kind of right. you know somewhere between Prince Philip and John Wayne kind of kind of thing, where right. uh, there is a dignity to it. There's a reason in Parliament in in the UK that. The rules are different than they are mm-hmm. in, in the palace with the royalty. Right. And even among the uh, parliament, in, whether you're in the commons or the lords, there's a different dynamic in, in right. the dignities there. I won't pretend to; I'm not enough of an Anglophile to be able to, to go into all the details of all that stuff. I just recognize that there is an, a, an right. appropriate, um, deliberate, intentional um uh, suitable conduct and decorum that goes along with the position or the role that, that you are and in. And
0: bringing that down to even, I think, more of a, a relatable level, I guess. This is, I'm going to remember, I, my high school, you know him, I bet people that don't. My high school choir director, Mr. Hay, he used to get so upset. My high school football
1: coach, Mr. Hay.
0: Different different right. relations. Um, uh, Same dude. He used to get so upset when people would not dress up to go to the right. theater. Uh, to see a, sh- a live show or whatever, and he he th- said this: you dress up when you go to a concert right. or a th- the theater. And you know, if you go to a Broadway show today, you're going to see people in jeans and t-shirts and whatever else. And I guess teach their own. I, I don't really care. But he that that there but was. But if a, you go to
1: a sym- right. symphony, right? It doesn't feel right to right. go in so jeans and t-shirts. So it's
0: like you're put it, it. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. That's a good way to put it. So going back to to this. It doesn't seem right to think about it that you would you would not act a certain way that you would not be a certain way it's like clothes that don't fit the occasion it's funny (laughs) that you
1: say that because when we were in a storefront church downtown same same church same function right same Mm -hmm. body same set of beliefs are you gonna
0: talk about your wardrobe i am actually because i've noticed that
1: so there when we were you know meeting in the school and i dressed when i'm preaching i dressed kind of like i am now you know sweatshirt you know jeans t-shirt whatever Whatever seemed to fit, and as I got older, probably more collars, you know. But nothing, you know, not as not as uh, tropical retreat as Rick Warren or anything, and and not as buttoned down as as somebody else. But right. just it seemed to fit. When we now got we're in
0: the long you know, Stephen Furtick t-shirt, I
1: can't I can't get my arms to fit in the sleeves the way his does. Brother put some time in on on his workout, but anyway. It's Quite a good singer, actually, too. Um, I won't talk about Stephen. <laughs> uh, you brought him up, man. Ugh. Hey, Brother Stephen. So anyway, he's not listening to the podcast. Uh, he's, working, he's working on his gut. <laughs> back to the topic at hand. When, when we, moved we knew to we'd the, get our When in. we moved to this building here... right. Uh, which was more of a traditional church building of sorts, a contemporary free church building, but, but but a church building nonetheless. So it seemed a little more traditional. It just didn't feel right. It, and you know, I wore it, a shirt that
0: said Make More Biscuits last night I know, week. right? That was an awesome shirt.
1: <laughs> Is that a new shirt, by the way? Uh, I've had it like a month ago. I was going to say, because I didn't remember seeing it yeah. before. I'm like, oh, that was kind of... Anyhow, uh, now I'm hungry again. But ever since we've been here... I think all but maybe one or two Sundays I, I yeah. wear a jacket. I've noticed that, a, and that's not. It didn't start out to be intentional. It just didn't feel right. And otherwise. you
0: know what? It it's it. I think subconsciously, and maybe this is the marketing person in me. It makes a difference. Not well. It not does in what you're saying, obviously, and not in the message you're trying to convey, but in.
1: But it can. I mean, oh, it, right? It certainly can because the packaging. The uniform can doesn't impact, make the man. <laughs> but it does impact. The, the you know, there's there's a really important. Aspect to um, to wearing the uniform. There's a reason right. that the military has it. There's a reason that officers' uniforms are different than mm-hmm. uh, than, than enlisted personnel uniforms, and and there's a certain um, reminder that you get right. that you are on a mission. You're here as part of a bigger thing, and so not not to oversell it or anything, but when I come to church, and we're here having a, a jacket on and if i really want to freak people out i'll wear a tie just to you know kind of be trippy yeah, a
0: couple weeks ago you wore all black and i was like okay johnny cash
1: yeah, so I, I am the man
0: <laughs> but but that's but that's the beginning of it that that
1: keep, that identity we're getting a lot of movement here on the uh on the screen right, right it's all an illusion it's pretty nice
0: um but then once you you that's just half the half the battle is is presenting yourself that right. way what we talked about I think more this week was the oh. diversity within within that
1: yeah there's got to be some some content to it mm-hmm. and so there is on the one hand there is the appearance right. that, and that,
0: anybody can do that you know right. you can put on you, a, to, you, you can put you on look a jacket. the part right and
1: in this case we're talking about wardrobe right. and, and and that's, that's in a an, sense an, an, metaphorical right. as we do it when we look at the uh, you know the, the queen the royal family they are in a sense the heart Mm -hmm. Uh, of England and yet in another sense they're really not they're They're just kind of figureheads there's kind of a metaphor that goes on there and the same thing happens with us Uh, you know I'm not saying everybody needs to dress up for church but it does change the way you think you know when when I was homeschooling one of my sons uh, who had some behavioral issues at the time uh, as far as just trying to get his school work done and so on I said listen while you're here you're gonna put on a collared shirt mm-hmm. and a pair of, of put on some khakis. Well, I find if you do really well, then you can wear jeans. Right, if you right. do really poorly, you're gonna put I on think a tie. That's but it smart. But you know, Mr. Hay actually used to say, "You dress sharp, you play sharp." Right. You know, that's what I find
0: that I'm. A, I work uh, from home. This and is
1: I think the first time we've ever mentioned Bob Hay in a podcast. Wow, it's taken like four years. Three times all in one thing.
0: Now he's gonna appear in the corner. <laughs>
1: As someone who works from I home. just don't even know what to say
0: now. As somebody who works from home. Um, and now I think a lot of people are in this situation because of COVID. Yeah. People always used to say to me, oh, you're so lucky you get to work from home. And, da, da, da. and I do feel very lucky that I get to, to work yeah. from home and, you know, kind of be a freelancer and whatever. But... um they're like oh you get to work in your pajamas and you can da if let me tell you if i did that i would get nothing done i have to wake up you probably up. went
1: through a phase of trying. i did yeah. i
0: have to wake up at a certain time every day right. have a routine take a shower get dressed da da i have to i, I yeah. for a long time i even sat on the couch and did my work and i'm like i have to have an office space or i'm not gonna you know right. you have to Same put well, in the work yeah. right so, and
1: when we when we shut down for a little while at the beginning of COVID and, mm-hmm. and we are recording on Saturdays and right, posting it. Right. Uh, it was kind of cool in one sense because we got to participate the same way everybody else did. Right. So I'm home, but you know we're chilling in the living room right. you know, wearing your PJs Eating or whatever. Cakes, you know, whatever. whatever. Exactly. Right. Uh, Oops, we did have much better breakfasts on Sunday uh, during that period, but, but it wasn't the same. Right. So my mentality wasn't right. I wasn't as focused, right. had a harder time tracking. Right. I mean... And I know the sermon because I wrote it. I preached it. I'm watching myself on the screen, which that was weird enough, by the way. Uh, and, and so as we're doing it, we had to come to the decision that, nope, we're going to get dressed we're going to dress like we're going to church. We're going to sit as a family. We're going to pray when it's time to pray. We're going to do all these things. It's not just a TV show. We're going to participate. Right. But it does change sure. how we think. And okay. if you come to, to church, like so many you know, teenagers especially will come. Well, we've had people come in, in pajama pants or whatever. And you come to church in your fuzzy bunny slippers, you're going to have a certain mentality. Right. Now, if we carry that forward into how we live our lives, as people who are the most real royalty of all Mm -hmm. it makes sense that we're going to live a life that is suited to that so paul establishes this foundation between more than what you wear it it (laughs) is it's got to be more than that because if you dress the part but you don't have anybody can dress this this, by the way is every hallmark movie with royalty in it ever where you have the uh the the prince or the princess who's got all of the trappings and all the wealth and all that, but they have to discover who they are to gain some some gravitas to them. And
0: they marry they like a b- small-town baker. Right.
1: Or the uh, the great reference in uh, A Knight's Tale. When, um, great movie. When <laughs> it really is, actually. Uh, and, it, and it took me a minute to figure out that we're talking about Chaucer's Knight's Tale. But anyhow... Uh, when with,
0: with rock music, what, uh, what's
1: the the villain's name in there? Played by Rufus Sewell. He's, oh,
0: uh, I'm gonna forget because he was the villain in uh, Gladiator of, too. Kind wasn't of
1: the, he? Uh he's the villain in almost. <laughs> I, a- I think everything I've ever seen him in, except for Amazing Grace, he's the villain.
0: Oh, and so. uh, there's a show on PBS about Queen Victoria, and he plays Lord something or other, and he's probably a good guy villain. No, he's a good guy.
1: That's yeah. I, I don't even know how to process. Anyway, anyway a good but yes. Guy. But anyway, when he says you've been. You've been weighed, you've been right, measured, you've right. been found wanting. Well, that's actually the, the Greek word "axios" that's translated "worthy" at the beginning here. So there there has to be more than the appearance. There has to be the weight. And then it flips around at the end, and Heath Ledger and his buddies are, are, you know, turn that around and say the same thing to him. Early Paul so,
0: Bettany. Oh man,
1: that's, <laughs> I love Paul Bettany. But you anyway, knew would get distracted. And, and naked Paul Bettany too, actually. Very but, naked Paul Bettany. So anyway, as we're as we're doing this, this whole concept of living a life worthy is not trying to manufacture the appearance of worthiness, right. but living in keeping kind of with easy. right in keeping with the life that you've been given. If if I've been if I've been made a child of God, but I live like I'm not a child of God, then there, there's an imbalance, and I need to bring that back into line mm-hmm. so that the, the gravity of what it means to be in Christ is not wasted on me. Right. And I live in such a way that it fits, it right. shows, it makes sense. And Paul establishes, you know, all this really in verse 3 of the chapter. Uh, and, and so in verses 4, 5, and 6, he establishes this foundation that is at once the foundation for that preamble in the first three verses where he tells us you know, how we should be relationally. Uh, but it's also the intro to, to what will follow. And, uh, and we see there that the wholeness and peace that we all long for is found in the reality of the gospel. We're, we're all looking for that wholeness, right. that there's a hole inside of us. And that's what the book of Ephesians is about, is finding our, our life harmony In harmony with God, in this reconciliation that we have in Christ. So he says there's one body, that speaking of the church, there's one spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, that's the the doctrine he's talking about, one baptism, our identification with the church, uh, and both ritualistically in entering the church, but I think even more specifically talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit that that actually makes us part of the church. One God, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. And so this is our foundation. This is where we find that wholeness and peace that then gets lived out. Mm -hmm. Because it changes who we are when we're in Christ, now it looks like this. And so when Jesus... Conquered death, and he conquered the grave on our behalf. That victorious bounty that he gained, as he took captives. In fact, the the uh, Christian Standard Bible and a couple other versions. Uh, I think the uh, new uh, New American Standard, perhaps I'm not sure. Uh, they render that that he took captivity captive. Mm-hmm. So he came in, and and we have this picture uh, in in verses 7 and 8, of the victorious king who, is, who has won. He's conquered in battle. And now he comes uh, back into his capital city. And, and, and Paul is quoting uh, David back in Psalm 68. And he, he arrives victoriously with a celebration parade and the captives in his train. Uh, and here he's making that, that connection between David and Christ which in, like, in all likelihood, and the people hearing this, they're going to more identify with. They're, they're going to see this picture, but they're going to more identify with the Roman emperor coming in mm. with this vast array, you know, of, of all of the things that he's brought from foreign right. lands. All right. of the, 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 you know whatever, the, the treasure that he's taken and from... And just the
0: picture of who he is, probably some big buff <coughs> guy, you know, with yeah. a suit so, of armor. And so whatever. there's
1: this majesty. Right. And, and what does the emperor do? Well, he takes this stuff, and now he's wealthy, and he goes and lives in a palace. What does the king do? He brings this home. And so David says, he you know, he when he ascended on high, he took many captives and received gifts from from men. Well, here, Paul is flipping that. So now he's not only received these gifts, but he... he changes it and says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts mm. to his people. That's a different kind of king. Yeah. So Jesus now, in, in, in what seems to be a pretty easy leap back to verse 3 of chapter 1 at the very outset of the letter, when he says, praise be to God, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Mm-hmm. All of the focus of what Paul sees as meaningful in all of his letters, the only thing that matters is eternal glory right. the the treasures of God matter and all the rest of the stuff? Psh, I consider that rubbish. That's that's dumb. That's the stuff you scrape off your shoe. I thought it was treasure, but it's garbage. Mm-hmm. And so that allows him then to live with that perspective, because Christ is Lord of all. He gives his people gifts according to his own will. And you mentioned the diversity that we want to look the part, but there's a diversity that goes along with it in the church, that, that Jesus has given us, being fully God and fully man, having uh, given gifts according to his own sovereign will, we should recognize that the gifts Jesus gives to us are for the purpose of serving and building up his church. Not, not my church, right. his church. For His glory, and there's a, a diversity within that. That He gives these gifts out, and not everybody gets the same gifts. Like right. you have a gift for writing and for singing that somebody else might not have. Not everybody is called to to stand up and deliver sermons. That, but if I don't do that, then I'm out of God's will. And it's not even necessarily that you're born that way. Sometimes it is. Sometimes God gives you something in line with your natural gifts, and sometimes it's something completely different. You know, you might have a a stammering tongue until God calls you to be his mouthpiece. Right. It's what happened with Moses, right? So God called him to that moment and gave him that. Now in the church, what we see is that everyone, to each one of us, verse seven says, to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Mm -hmm. So it's his sovereignty. But he also then goes on to say Christ himself, verse 11, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip p- his people for works of service. So these are not all the same gifts. Right. Even among these leadership That would be gifts. silly. So everybody's got something different. Uh, it's, a like different on, gift it's like mix. on when Calls the Heart. <laughs> it was only a matter of time, folks. Well,
0: this is relevant. Uh, there's a, a, a new family that moved into town, and the mm. man, the father, is obviously... You know, he's he's been giving advice to people. We all called that from the time he right, first showed up on the show. Right. He's been giving advice to people. He's 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 putting God at the center of all of his advice. And he was a pastor formerly, and uh, his wife is, was encouraging him to be the pastor in this town. And he said he had his own plans um, that he wanted to see. see I don't through. want to be a pastor. Right. And uh, she basically said that you know it's not his choice; it's God's choice. Right. And. Uh, it looks like now he's going to be the pastor. So, right.
1: God has called you to do this. Right. God has given you gifts. He has assigned you this responsibility. Right. And the gifts that Jesus gives to us are for the purpose of serving and building up his church for his glory, and not your own plans. Right.
0: And I think it's easy as people, especially people within the church, to be like, well, like personally, I could never stand up there and give a sermon. I, I would be, I would freak out. And, I could never do, uh, I, I can never do a lot of things. I mean, and, but the fact that there are people who like excel at those things that mm. I could never do blows my mind because it just is a crystal clear picture of the gifts that are given right. and I mean how can you, see, you not like, see
1: that Amanda or my sister who love detailed lists and right. loved getting organized your mom you know with right. administrative skills those are things that I'm that's not my strength and I need organization or like but Dennis I'm not or naturally or doing good at the tech
0: at it. stuff back there right like, so, okay. so everybody's
1: got different, out, different so. aspects uh, ministering to young children. I mean, right. that is a powerful, I would say, children's ministry might be, if I were going to rank things, which I'm not, but if I were going to, man, I don't think there could be a more important ministry in the church. Or even youth but, like
0: teenagers, because yeah. teenagers don't want to listen to anything. But to be able so. to
1: have the foundation laid right. with these yeah. kids, to, I mean, think about, you know, even raising our parents, you know, and I think both of our moms could identify with this. If they had known mm. then what they know now, how much different would our lives right. have been? Right. If their parents had known and done differently, how much different would their lives have been? It, with children's ministry, it's huge. Right. But, man, that's not something I'm great at. I mean, right. that's I've, but I could struggle with
0: some people are really good at yeah. it, and that's and, awesome. And, and,
1: and get energized right. by it. And to me... You know, I can do what needs to be done mm-hmm. for a period of time, but that is exhausting and draining. Right. You know, there's a, you know, there's just a, a power and an energy when you find yourself doing what God has called you to do according to the gifts he's given you, empowered by the Holy Spirit as sort of the, the wind in your sails, if you will, mm-hmm. and you find yourself exhausted in a good way. Like I don't want to collapse into bed at night because I've just spent myself well, for the kingdom. Cor- but you feel better. You feel I'm energized. Right. Correct
0: me if I'm wrong. I mean, when you're when you're pursuing that gift, when you're displaying that gift, whatever it may yeah. be, I I feel like it's something that you should feel great about. It's something that you should feel not only. Com- I don't want to say comfortable doing. You should feel comfortable doing it, but right. you should feel passionate about it yeah. and, and it's not like well this is what i have to do
1: you know and, and it's interesting how sometimes the same thing can 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 do both like mm. for example you're a writer and you like to write and and, and there are so, a lot of times more than there are a lot of times you're writing because that's your paycheck right. it's it's exhausting it's draining it takes a lot out of you and it's not giving a lot back to you right. Then whether it, maybe it's writing a devotion for the, you know, for the, uh, you know, especially when you have a song that just clicks and you know it, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you write a song because, you know, I'm trying to write a song and do right. this. You and know?
0: Sometimes like, it's someone just comes out in five minutes. It's just
1: know? bam. And, and it just clicks. And I remember, you know, back in the 90s when I was writing a lot of poetry, you know, there were times when I was like, OK, I need to hone my craft. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write a poem. Which is not really how my mind functions, but I would make myself do. In fact, I wrote one actually about a table, about the surface of this table being hard and flat, you know. And so, it, that was not an energizing kind of thing. Right. But then there were some times when it just, it just flow flowed. You. You, you 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 write it, and there was something in me that had to come out, and it's like pow, yeah,
0: like the John Keats, and and,
1: and, and it just feels awesome. Right. And yeah. there are times there's you know. As a pastor preparing sermons, there, there's a lot of work that goes into mm-hmm. it, and some of it can can be just plain work, mm. but it's energizing. You get done, I'm like excited about it, and then you know, and then I'll start kind of... yammering on, and people are like, "Dude,"
0: but that's this... just it. You can tell when somebody is, whether they get into like a moment, like a zone, or yeah. when they just they feel it. They know this is this is what I'm supposed <clears throat> to be doing, yeah, and I'm in this moment, and I'm feeling it. And, and I'm, I'm energized. I mean, that's that's cool to see no matter what that person's gift is. Absolutely. Like, I get really into music. And so there's sometimes when we're playing on Sunday, I wiggle around and do whatever. And I don't even realize that I'm doing it. because so your mom I'm, catches you. Yes, my mom catches me and so says, <laughs> dancing around. Um, but I don't even realize I'm doing it half the time because I'm like, right. I'm just so in, in the moment. moment.
1: Yeah, that's right. And that's a beautiful thing. And well, but to go back to that, Uh, those who have been with us since Christmas at least might recognize the Killing Christmas song that you did. And that was one of those things that just, I don't know if it felt the same way for you. I think it did or you wouldn't have brought it to me because usually you're a little hesitant with some of your things. I'm getting better. This song just, it's like bam, that's what needs to get said. That's connecting emotionally. Music does that. Mm. I can't write a song. You know, there are things that I can write. I can't do what you do. And I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to do what God's called me to do. And so that's the diversity in the body. That is the diversity of the giftedness in the body. Mm -hmm. But it's a reflection also of the the full diversity. God calls us to unity in diversity, not uniformity. Not where we all look and and walk exactly the same way. Uh, I mentioned my new friend, uh, Farmer Dan, uh, who is an IT guy who just bought a farm. So, you know, and he told me that, you know, the computers, they pay the bills, but it kind of drains the energy. It doesn't give back to you. The farming gives back to you. I love that. It, it's a lot harder. Right. <laughs> or physically, you know, you, you go to bed and you're tired, but right. you know why you're tired. Right. And it adds to your energy, and there's a passion that fuels that. But he, he grew up in uh, in Romania, Romania uh, during the Cold War. There, You know, it, so you got Ceausescu and, and communism and... Uh, and he's talking about how things were made to be uniform. Right. The, all the cars are the same color. Everything is so that you know you know you're falling in line here. Right. That's not the picture that Christ gives us in the church. When
0: everybody's special, no one will be.
1: So <laughs> the we Incredibles. Uh, we, uh, we we in the church are not a bunch of cut rocks, not right. bricks, right. not formed by human hands. Oh,
0: I love that illustration. The stones, Yeah. The stones, but, but
1: just the way God called in the Old Testament when he had them build the altars and the memorials don't cut the stones. Mm -hmm. Once you cut it you defile it. Once you do something with it, now you're taking away from what I've done. I love that. You are are saying that what I'm doing is not enough. And In Christ we are living stones. Oddly shaped sometimes. Funny colors. (laughs) We're not all uniform. But in him we fit together to build a spiritual house. So this Diversity, a lot of parts. yeah, this diversity of uh, of thought, not not in doctrine, and that's an important thing. The the in fact, the last uh, point that we made was that true unity uh, comes through growing deep and becoming more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. True unity involves a unity of doctrine, and in heaven there won't be people will talk about you know the Baptist wall here, and so they get to have Baptists over here, the Lutherans over in this section, and all that. That doesn't exist in heaven. Why? Because we now understand all the things we didn't understand before. Right. So these divisions in doctrine are important. They are significant. And, and I didn't always believe that, but they are. It, it's, it's meaningful. It's important. And there are reason that good men died over some of these beliefs, but they're not all right. Hmm. Even if they're sincerely held religious beliefs, as is the phrasing we use today, that doesn't make it true. That doesn't make it right. In heaven, it's all true. Everything that we believe will be aligned with what is actual and real. And what Paul there's is, no debating it. That's right. And what Paul is saying here is that the, the church is being built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Unity in doctrine, in the faith. Unity in our relational knowledge of the Son of God. So as we grow closer to Christ, more pure and and accurate and correct in in our scriptural understanding and the doctrines of the apostles, the more we get that right, the closer we get to one another. Hmm. Kind of like if we're all climbing a pyramid, right? right? And the closer we get to the peak where Jesus is, that's truth, and we find that we're all together. The farther away we are from that, the farther we are away from one another. So that that stability that comes out of that, it 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 sort of relies on the diversity. You know, it, I'm not going to get back into sustainable farming and regenerative ranching, but there is a beauty I feel like you are. in my. That's because I am. <laughs> I said I'm not specifically because I am, uh, but as as our grass-fed cattle who have never tasted grain in their lives and never will as as they are in the pasture they're not in an alfalfa field or a clover field that's not good for them but as they have a diversity of species of plants, some grasses, some forbs are doing all these things. They're they're taking in all of this stuff. The greater the diversity, the greater their health. It's mm-hmm. better for their for their whole system, which means better meat for us as well. So then, it's healthier for us. It's so the, 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 the going back to that movie twice a lot of Disney today. movies today. So that diversity brings about a stability. The the unity that comes from this diversity in the church brings about a stability the maturity that comes from wrestling with the deep things of god not not brushing under the rug not let's just all go along to get along we're not you know let's not talk about anything controversial let's not talk about anything heavy because you know it'll cause fights Listen, man. If, if we're not going to have some kind of meaningful conversation, then what are we even doing here? Why why waste time? Amen. So that was, by the way, an Armageddon reference. Um, Ooh, so I haven't seen that in a going long back time. ways, huh? Wow, that's so, a throwback. The, uh, not that Lion King wasn't a throwback. <laughs> the diversity, unity, maturity of the church is the picture. It's it's the foretaste of forever. Hmm. It's it's, it's you know, foreshadowing eternity, it's the picture of all things brought together under the kingdom rule of Christ. So when people see us in the church with all of our diversity, d- with denominational diversity, diversity within the church, looking different, acting different, sounding different, doing different jobs, coming from different backgrounds, black, white, purple, whatever, you know. If, if you're
0: purple, you should probably get checked out. <laughs>
1: Black, white, orange, is that better for you? So anyway, as we're dealing with all of these different types of diversity, yeah. that's why we can't get hung up on things like critical theory, where where it's everything is focused on our human identity right. rather than who we are in reality, right. in the reality of Christ. So when when we, as Christ followers, are born again, no longer... Do we identify primarily by our gender, skin color, economic status? We primarily identify as, I am a child of God. Right,
0: and that's such a prominent... I shouldn't roll my eyes while I'm saying that. It's such a prominent uh, statement nowadays. I identify as this. I identify as this. This is how I identify. It's the
1: same mentality as the my truth thing. Right. It's about me and what I think.
0: Right. It's so uh, just this big humanistic thing. And, um, I mean, it can be – I'm not trying to offend anybody. I know that you are. But but it can be – kind of exhausting to keep up with at times. For sure. Uh, you know, it's trying to not, not offend anybody, trying to not step on any toes as to what somebody might identify as or, or what they see themselves as. Yeah. Um, and that's...
1: My grandfather used to say, if you didn't get your toes stepped on, it wasn't much of a sermon. There's, there's like a that reality you. that you may have heard. Facts don't care about your I'm feelings. Gonna,
0: yeah, I'm going to stop talking, though. <laughs> because I feel like I am going to offend somebody.
1: Well, but but if we're, I, it's, if we're have, not I've, offended. I don't have much sleep. <laughs> if, if any of us are not offended by the realities of life, then we are either Jesus or we, well, actually he was offended by him. That's why he turned over the tables. If we're not offended by the realities of life, then we're not paying attention. Hmm. Because life is offensive. And we better get used to it. You know, Life's it's,
0: tough, get a helmet. That's
1: exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, growing up in the 90s, huh? So th- these are the realities of life. And, and we need to understand that Christian maturity is the responsibility of every single member of Christ's body. So, from, from the, you know, the oldest elder of the church to the youngest person in the church, we're all working together mm. that we might build one another up. That we can become more like Jesus. It's the responsibility of all of us. And he gave his church diversity in order to foster maturity leading to unity. Apart from that diversity, apart from a little bit of friction, you know, running, rubbing up and against one another, we're going to get some friction. And apart from that, we don't grow. Hmm. We don't, you know, do you remember the rock tumblers back oh, yeah. in the day?
0: They make so, the rocks all shiny. Yeah, and
1: how do they do that? With a lot of friction. You right. got your sand in there and stuff, and and, and as it turns and that they up, and they bump into one another, <laughs> right. you get this rough looking rock that right. by the end gets smooth and shiny, shiny and, and the colors come out. Right. Well, they don't become uniform, no. but it does knock off the rough edges, mm. and it cleans it up, and it colors it and, and it, makes it becomes something
0: different than what it started as
1: and they're not well what it actually does is brings out what's inside well, uh, so it's, it's different than what it looks like everybody yeah. D- looks lo- different than what it looks like right on on that initial observation it just looks like a gray lump of whatever you know but by the time this process of roughing it up is over then it starts to really shine and look like something like a gem hmm. and as we're working through this life just walking through we're kind of in a spiritual rock tumbler and the diversity in the church and the hardships and difficulties of life the times when God doesn't answer prayers the way we think he's going to the when things go wrong and we're treated unjustly and and you can you can see it like man this is so wrong it's not supposed to be this way but the reality is it is supposed to be this way this is the thing that is gonna knock off your rough edges, bring out the God colors inside of you that that he's put there. He made you. You are his workmanship. And all of this stuff is what brings that out. And that's the beauty of living a life worthy of the calling that we've received.
0: You just gotta get tumbled a little bit.
1: Gotta get tumbled.
0: We will stop there because we're we're only thirteen super minutes over. over our And we our didn't goal. even like really talk about anything crazy. Um, well. Okay, okay, okay we're going to stop. Um, stop that. Uh, if you guys have any questions. How about that comments, Lucas, though? Oh, my gosh. He's so cute. Uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, If you guys have any questions or comments uh, about One Calls the Heart or about, you know, the things we're actually talking about, feel free to send us an email (laughs) at at somethingrealatreallifeonline.org. You can leave us a message or comment on Facebook or YouTube, or you can leave us a voicemail uh, at 269-756-RLCC. Or, I will go back to saying this because I just recently rediscovered it, if you do use the Anchor app or have it to listen to our podcast, you can leave a voice message there, uh, and we can then insert it right into the podcast. Um, So that's kind of cool. And
1: please do, you know, leave a like or review however you're seeing this, you know, especially on on your podcast. Platforms like iTunes, especially, it's the big one that drives everything else. So, you know, give us a five star review on there. It helps bump us up on search engines so that more people get to see SEO. Baby. That's um, what we want to see.
0: And also, I, I think I said this last week too, but if you are watching, you prefer to watch the, the video version of this, um, sharing that on Facebook and YouTube uh, will make us more visible on people's news feeds as well. So, It's algorithms. They're weird. So thank you guys for listening slash watching. And we will catch you next week.